children come Don't dare drive them away And then the kingdom comes Hear the holy foolish things they say The springtime of their life decides The adults they'll become So let the children come Please let the children children's bible journey with stories and songs just for kids we have a dramatized bible story coming up but let's get today's program started by singing praises to our awesome god children children come and listen come and hear of jesus love children children come and see And 
should I? I have wealth. Wealth, you understand? Oh, and this is the time of year my wealth increases. We start shearing the sheep tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I have 3,000 sheep, more than a thousand goats and other possessions. No one here in Carmel is more wealthy than I. Well, wealth isn't everything. What is know. more important? Power? Wealth is power. Beauty? <laughs> you have beauty, my dear wife, but not much else to go with it. <laughs> I love you just the same. The men are all envious, jealous of me. You're so beautiful. <laughs> Begging Master's pardon, but there are ten men to see you. Ten men to see me? Yes, Master. Well, are they men of means? 
Power? Influence? Perhaps emissaries from the king? They are young men, Master. Young and robust and strong. Ah, well, perhaps they look for work. I could use ten more good men. Tell them I'll see them in a moment. Yes, Master. Your emissaries from David? Who is David? He is the future king of Israel. He is the son oh, of... Oh, that David. I don't think he'll ever be king. Not if King Saul has his way. <laughs> anyway, sir, David wishes us to request of your grace provision for him and his men. Provisions? I'm not in the business of selling food and meat. David and I... wishes his grace to realize that were it not for us, his grace would not have nearly so many sheep and goats. While sharing the hills and valleys of the wilderness with his grace's shepherds, we watched over and helped protect the sheep from marauders. Well, you thank him for me, will you? We hurt not your shepherds. Neither was there anything missing of theirs all the while they were in Carmel. Are you expecting me to give you provisions? We are in dire need of food, your grace. Shall I take the bread and water and meat that I have and give to you? Nay, I have my own men to feed and clothe. Now go! Get off my property! Out of my sight immediately! Uh, mistress, uh, may I uh, say a word to you? It's Nabel, the master you want to talk to, isn't it? Oh, no, mistress. You. All right. What do you want? Well, mistress knows about David, the David uh, King Saul seeks to kill. I've heard of him. Why? Well, uh, David sent messengers to Master Nabel asking for provisions, but Master Nabel railed at them and sent them away. Well, why should David expect us to give him provisions? Oh, David was very good to us in the wilderness. He made a wall around us, protected us from bands of robbers. Oh. There were no sheep missing or anyone hurt while David was with us. And the master refused to help him? Oh, yes, mistress. And evil is determined against our master and against all his house, for he is so ill-natured that one cannot speak to him. And you think that David and his men are on their way here to do us harm? Yes, mistress. All right, make haste. Prepare some provisions. I'll take them to him as a peace offering, but do not not tell the master. Oh, I understand, mistress. Oh, he would be angry if he knew. Arise, madam. You need not bow with your face to the ground to me. I'm a lowly man of no means or power. Upon me, my lord, be the guilt. And let me speak in thine ear. Well, speak. I will listen. I'm come to speak of Nabal. A very foolish man, sir. Huh? And who are you? I saw not the ten young men you sent to see my husband. Oh, so that's who you are. The things that I brought along for my lord, bread, ready-dressed sheep, raisins, figs, and parched corn, let them be a blessing to my lord and his men. Oh, I pray thee, my lord, forgive this trespass. You are a good man. Evil has not been found in you all the days of thy life. And when the Lord has done to you all the good that he has spoken, and you are king of Israel, then you shall have no cause of grief for having taken vengeance yourself. Did your husband send you? Was he afraid to face me? Oh, my husband knows nothing of my coming here, my lord. Well, you are a very wise as well as a beautiful woman. And blessed be the God of Israel who sent you this day to greet me and keep me from the shedding of blood and from avenging myself with my own hand, which thing belongs only to God. I will hearken to your voice and return to the wilderness. As for you, 
Return in peace to your own home, and may the Lord God of Israel bless you and keep you. Farewell. Farewell, my lord. Master Nabal made a great feast last night, mistress. Feast? Why, it looks as if it were more of a, a drunken brawl. Yes, mistress, it was. Where is my husband now? He is in his chamber, ill from too much drink last night. <sighs> Good morning, Nabal. Oh, oh, I'm sick. When will oh. you learn that wine is a mocker and makes oh. fools of people, Nabal? You're living proof of the folly of strong drink. Well, at least you're alive. We all are, and that's something. Alive? I almost wish I weren't. Well, you almost weren't. What are you talking about? David was on his way here to kill us, every one of us. David? The fugitive. The one who sent the men who asked you for provisions. He was on his way here to kill us? What for? Because you refused to help him after he's been helping you for months and months. Oh, what? What stopped him? I did. I met him and gave him some bread and figs and parched corn, and I begged him to turn around and go back. Did he? He did. But no telling when he may change his mind. He, he may come back? He was very, very angry with you, Nabal. You were stingy and greedy. Uh, uh, he may come back. Uh, 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 uh. He's fainted. From fear, I guess. Can't blame him very much. I'd better get some help and put him into bed. How is the master this morning? He's still like death. Is the master still unconscious? Yes, mistress. Mistress! Mistress, Master just died. You're sure he's dead? He's not just unconscious? No, he stopped breathing. His heart is not beating anymore. Greed, selfishness, lack of sympathy and understanding. What did you say, Mistress? I said Master Nabal died from fear, the result of his greed and selfishness. Oh, what use is wealth unless it's used for good causes and for the benefit of others? Continue the Bible story tomorrow, and if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible and Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye.
that's one big cow. Well, I'd certainly hate to sit next to him on a bus. <laughs> what about in a canoe? No way. Do you know what I think? Usually, no. I think that cows can teach us a lot about health. How? Well, look at him. Does he look sick? No. Does he look like a weakling? No. Does he look tired and depressed? I don't think so. He looks kind of contented. Exactly. That's one happy cow. So what's so strange about that? Well, look at what he's eating. Grass? Yes, and a few flowers, bushes, leaves, and other stuff growing in the ground. That's what cows eat. That's my point. Big cow over there with all those muscles and beautiful hair and bright eyes and swinging tail and really cool horns eats nothing but grass and water. He doesn't eat meat, which if you stop and think about it, would be kind of gross. He doesn't drink milk unless he's a calf, and he doesn't take pills. All he does is walk around the pasture, eat grass, and sleep standing up. You know, Sam, you're right. He's proof that we don't need all the stuff that people say we do to be healthy and strong. We just need water, food that grows on the ground, and exercise. But I don't think I'd like eating grass. No problem. We can eat grains and vegetables and fruit. If we did, we could be as smart as a cow. And maybe as healthy as one, too. God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, He established a health plan for every creature on Earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. and girls, this is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Today's story is The Midnight Visitor. Everything had been dark and quiet for several hours on the mission compound where Bruce lived with his parents in Central Africa. The wind ruffled the curtains at the half-opened window and touched the mosquito netting that hung over the bed. Suddenly, Bruce stirred in his sleep and awoke, wide-eyed and listening. He sat up in bed and pulled the light blanket up under his chin. He felt the goose pimples creeping over him. What had awakened him? Then he heard voices coming from the living room. Surely his parents weren't having company at that hour of the night, or was it morning? It must be after midnight, he thought. He'd been asleep for quite a while. He listened again. There were other noises besides the sounds of voices. Noises coming from a distance, brought into his room on the breeze that ruffled the curtain at the window. There was the steady thud, 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 as if someone were cutting down trees with an axe. There was the ring of metal on metal. There was the sound of shouting and crying. Above it all, Bruce could hear the pounding of his own heart. He tossed back the bed covers, pulled up the mosquito netting that had been tucked under the mattress, and slipped from under the net. Glancing toward the window, he saw a flame of light reach up into the sky. Fire! he said in a hoarse whisper as another flame shot up. His throat felt tight. There were fires at Malampando Village about two miles from the mission. At that time of the year, the grass was tender dry, but in a moment, Bruce realized the fires were not brush fires. The fires were being lighted by a mob. 
The shouting and crying noises were louder now. The thudding sounds were plainer. They were made by axes felling trees. The ring of metal upon metal was made by spears and knives hitting against the steel telephone poles. The sounds were coming closer. The mob was coming toward the mission. Bruce felt glued to the spot. He wanted to cry out, but no sound came. He wanted to run, but where? Who was in the living room? Where were his mother and dad? Then he remembered hearing the talk that trouble was brewing. What was the trouble? He hadn't paid too much attention. His parents had been calm about the rumors. But now he remembered the words of the district commissioner who had been talking to Daddy a few days before. He had said, You missionaries better go over to the tea estate at Makwasa if you don't want to barricade the mission or carry arms. You'll be safe over there. Daddy had replied, Thank you, sir, but we are barricaded at the mission. The angel of the Lord will be our protection. Everyone knows we do not dabble in politics, but are here to bring the people a better way of life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But now the mob was coming toward the mission. Bruce turned and saw the door of the living room opening. With a sigh of relief, he saw Daddy coming toward him. The light from the living room streamed across the hall and into his room. Bruce felt better now. Daddy was with him. He was safe. Daddy put his arm across Bruce's shoulder. Dress quickly, son. There is a little trouble among the people, but I want you to remember the promises of God's word. Lo, I am with you always. And another that says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. He smiled down at Bruce and added, God's promises never fail. Daddy, are the villagers setting fires? Bruce asked as he began to dress. Yes, son, we may have to leave the mission. The other missionaries are here at our house. We are planning what is best to do. I want you to stay close by me. I will need your help. So that was the reason for the lights and the voices from the living room. Would they all have to leave their homes? Where would they go in the middle of the night? What could he do to help Daddy? Take this, Daddy was saying. It is a little chilly. He handed Bruce his sweater. Bruce could feel the goose pimples all over again. He gave a little shiver. Then he put his hand in Daddy's and they went to the living room. There were John and Anne and Mike and Randy and the Webster baby and all the mothers and fathers. The children seemed to be hanging on to their parents. Bruce thought they all looked a little scared. He tried to smile at his best friend, Randy. And what was that promise Daddy had repeated? Lo, I am with you. Bruce knew God was his heavenly father. If Daddy had told him to stick close to him, he knew God would want him to stick even closer to him. He sent up a prayer. Please, God, keep us all from harm and danger and bless all our friends around the mission. Bruce looked over at the Webster baby asleep in its mother's arms. Why, that was how he should feel about God, safe and protected. God would keep them all safe. He looked around to see if all the missionaries were there. Two of the men were not there. Bruce reached up to tap Daddy on the arm and ask him about the men, but Daddy took the Bible from the bookshelf, and before Bruce could ask the question, Daddy said, Friends, let's read a psalm full of promise. Bruce listened. He knew the psalm Daddy was reading. It was the 91st psalm. He knew some of the verses by heart. He could almost follow along with Daddy. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day. 
A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Daddy stopped reading and closed the book. Just then, the door opened and the two missionaries walked in. Bruce had never seen the men look so radiant before. Thank God for his protection, one of the men said. Yes, we've just witnessed a miracle. God's ways are beyond our understanding, the other added. What miracle did you see, Bruce asked. Yes, tell us, what miracle, several others urged. Well, one man began, you know we went up to the mission gate to see if we could all leave without calling any attention to ourselves. When we reached the gate, we realized that the mob was not far away and was coming toward the mission property. We knew it would be useless for us to come back and tell you to take the road away from town. It stops at the Broadshire River, and there is no way to cross other than by the train bridge. We were trapped. There was no earthly place to turn. And then the mob was at the gate. We hid in the tall bushes. We saw the bundles of grass for thatching we had stacked at the gate start to burn. The sign over the mission gate caught fire, but the mob rushed around the far side and started down the road. And then it happened, the other missionary interrupted. What? Bruce asked. What happened? He saw the men's eyes light up and a smile on their faces such as Bruce had never seen before. A voice spoke. A voice spoke as plainly as I am speaking to you, only it was in the Sinyanja language so that the people could understand. The voice said, Do not touch the mission. Bruce gasped. An angel? Was it an angel? The missionary looked down at the boy. This I know. The mob turned and left the mission. They went down the road toward the tea estate. It must have been an angel, Bruce said. Doesn't the Bible say, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them? All the others nodded, and Daddy said, Let us kneel and thank God for his protection and for the midnight visitor. of her today was first published as part of the Vacation Bible School program in the book God's World by the Review and Herald Publishing Association and the General Conference Sabbath School Department. If you are interested in any other products published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.